What's going on? Not in my house podcast. We got the round table today. We got plenty of old friends in the house today. Starting off with Zach. Zach, say what's up. What's up? We got crazy hair Leo. Leo, what's up? Hey, hey, how is everybody? And we got who's been missing forever. We got Wiley. Wiley, what's going on? Warriors fan Wiley in the house, baby. Let's do this. Ah, hey, so we got a great packed show for you today. Stepping up our Not in My House podcast game. We got our first mailbag, which is going to be exciting. We're going to be talking about LeBron versus Jordan, and we're going to be talking about top 10 of all time. So I'd like to get to the mailbag. The mailbag this week is sponsored by Sparks Pizza Baron on Disc and Vista. Um, we're going to do a trivia question at the end of the show, and if you get the trivia question right, you can send it to our email. You can send it to anything um, social media-wise. You're going to win a large free pizza and three pounds of wings. That's so a thank good you deal. very much. Oh, yeah. For Sparks Love Pizza, pizza Baron. Baron. Oh, dude, coming through like champs. Um, you can do the curbside pickup because we are definitely in our quarantine. Hopefully everybody's been staying home, trying to eradicate this uh, this virus so we can get back out there and watch sports. So let's go with the mailbag. Um, our first question is Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant against Magic and Bird in a two-on-two game. Who wins? Let's go Leo first. What do you think, buddy? I'm going to go with uh, Michael and Kobe. Um, I just – I can't, I can't deny the uh, sheer will of those two dudes. You know, those guys, if they wanted to win a basketball game, they were going to do it. They were going to find any way they could. So uh, that, that's my take. And this is uh, – Slater is the one that gave us this question, just so you and, know. And uh, I have something I want to say on that question, too. Uh, if this is a full-court game, if they had three other, you know, average Joe teammates, you know, just guys up the street, I would probably pick Bird Magic, just the way that they ran the floor in transition, the way they could pass. So I think that they're much more better off in a full court setting than they are a half court. Whereas Kobe and Jordan, they both had that uh, post game on the block. They're both more isolation players in a two on two game with that much space. That, that's hard to beat. But in a full court game, I might go uh, Magic and Larry. But but we're, right? we're we're talking two on two half court, like old. School. Yeah, I know two on. No, I know two on two. I'm saying yeah. no no doubt Jordan Jordan Kobe two um, on two schoolyard ball. Yep. Jordan wins every time, man. Jordan Kobe. I see that every time. And, and I've got that, too. It's a clean sweep. The only thing that would worry me is would we have an alpha male problem between um, Michael and, Co- and Kobe? That's the only thing I would think. Um, but I, I, the sheer will of that team, I don't see them losing. And I love Magic and Bird. Let's go to the next question. This one's from Big T, who's an avid listener to the show. Um, he's also our uh, Bill Walton um, guy. He said, how underappreciated or overappreciated is Bernard King? I'll take this one first. Um, Bernard King is definitely underappreciated. You barely ever hear him talked about. And I think the reason why is he had the horrific injury that took him out for a couple of years. Um, did not play on a, on a really good winning team. Didn't play in the, in any finals. Um, uh, but he was an amazing scorer. He could score the basket wherever he wanted. Uh, amazing player. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Knicks fan. He did, he did really well in Washington too, when he came back and the Knicks didn't want him. Um, Zach, what do you think? Uh, he's completely underrated. He might be one of the most underrated players of all time uh, for a lot of reasons. 
he uh he had a couple years cut short not just from the injury but he actually suffered some alcohol problems early on in his career he uh kind of bounced around for a couple years between like the nets the jazz and the warriors and also he played in the 80s where that era was completely taken over by michael jordan larry bird magic johnson especially in the celtic laker rivalries so he was completely overshadowed but to come back, I mean, there was a season where he averaged 32 points and uh, five rebounds and shot, you know, 53% from the floor for a career, just about. Um, and also coming back from that injury to be able to average 20 plus points a game, 28 at one point, that to me shows pure greatness because at that time that injury was deemed career ending. Um, you know, it wasn't as easy to come back from those injuries as it is today with the technology that we have today. Remember also, he's not a three-point shooter. No, no. To, not. to put up those numbers and not be a three-point shooter is even more impressive. Right, yeah. Incredible post-game, too, by the way. He had a great post-game. Absolutely. Wiley, you want to add to that, or are you good? Uh, I don't know a lot about Bernard King. I do know that uh, I believe he was Rookie of the Year when he first came out, his first season in. Uh, he was on the all-rookie team, but he did not get Rookie of the Year. But he was on the all-rookie team. Who, who was Rookie of the Year that year? Um, not sure who got it in 84. Oh, uh, that was Michael Jordan in 84, obviously. It was 84. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, no, I'm sorry. That was a scoring champ. He, is, he was in 84. He's a rookie in 77. I don't know who the rookie was in 77. We can look that um, up real quick. Leo, what do no, you think? Extremely underrated. I'm glad he was a warrior, though. But, Leo, you take that one. Um, you know, players like Bernard King where they have off-court issues and uh, major injuries, you always got to wonder what if. So I think that's always going to come into the, the question with, uh, you know, an over- or underrated type situation. You got to factor that one in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, but, was, uh, a, he was a great player. Great player. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, really underrated uh, killer instinct and determination. Like I said, coming back from that injury, man, he's one of my heroes. Um, really love Bernard King. Really love that guy. I would have loved to see him play more with Ewing. I think that would have been really interesting to see, like, how they would have shared the ball. Um, because he never really got to play with Ewing much at all before the injury. Um, just real quick, Adrian Dantley was the rookie of the year in 1977. Uh, okay. Ooh, that's right. Another uh, one of my favorite players ever. Very underrated. Absolutely. we got a really good question here coming up. I'm going to pull it up here real quick. Um, this one is from uh, – this one's from Bredo. Um, and he said, after Sam Bowie drafted ahead of Michael Jordan, Darko drafted ahead of Carmelo, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade, and Greg Oden drafted ahead of Kevin Durant, um, what are some of the other all-time NBA draft whiffs? Well, real quick, I'm going to say I don't believe Oden was a draft whiff whatsoever because the injuries is what killed that guy. And when he even was remotely playing in the NBA, he was putting up really good numbers. Zeke, what I have a couple draft whiffs, um, and I think you accidentally said Greg Oden. Uh, Sam Bowie, in my opinion, was not a draft whiff. Uh, that guy could clearly play. I agree. He just got hurt. There's a difference between not being able to play and getting hurt, and I don't consider that draft whiffs. But another draft whiff, I would say, Michael Oluwakandi was a big one, especially in that 98 draft where there was a lot of really good players that came out. Some of the guys that they missed out on over all of candy was Mike Bibby, Vince Carter, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Pierce. So I would say all of candy would be probably my biggest draft with a lot of people would say Kwame Brown. To me, 
I don't think you can call that a draft whiff just because there's no obvious number one choice that year in the draft. So, in my opinion, going for the home run was the right decision. They just struck out. Uh, Pal Gasol is probably the best player to come out of that draft with Kwame Brown. Good old Pal. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that also. I mean, you know, I think Kwame was a was a bust, personally. I know me and Zach have gone round and round on that one. Um, but he's come out of high school, Zach, and you're totally right. And what do you know what you get out of high school? You can get a Moses Malone or a Kevin Garnett, you know, or you can get somebody that just, you know, you can get a Kwame Brown. I mean, so. Yeah, but Kwame also played 10-plus years. Uh, to me, uh, LaRue Martin back in the day would be another big draft with. Uh, guys could have had Bob McAdoo over him. So that, that's another big one. And I don't think also this needs to be a number one pick thing either. Oh, you know no, yeah, mean? totally, no. So, like, for me, if you look at the 2000 and, I believe, four NBA draft, Mika Okafor went number two. And uh, I definitely think you could pick some guys over him you know, that would have had a much better career there at two. It seems like every draft, like the Porzingis draft of, oh, what was that, 15? Um, you had you had Carl um, uh, Anthony Towns going one, but then you had Russell, who turned his career around, um, but then um, Jaleel Okafor, who did not at all. Um, you also had, God, you had a lot of whiffs in that draft. Do you remember that? Porzingis was four. And then after that, you had um, Moutier, who didn't pan out. Um, and they're all Knicks too, which is really funny. Um, there was quite a bit of guys in that draft that didn't pan out and there could have been much better picks. If that yeah, makes sense. Uh, I, I agree with you, but I am going to call you out on the Mecca Okafor one, uh, for the 2004 draft. I think Mecca Okafor is a solid player. He just played in a small market with the Bobcats. He went after Dwight Howard. I can't think of a lot of guys I would pick over him in that draft coming off a national player of the year. He averaged a double-double for his career at 12 points and nearly 10 rebounds. So he had some solid years. They just were in a small market. Uh, Looking down that list, uh, coming after him was guys like Ben Gordon, uh, Josh Childress, Lou Aldang, Iguodala, uh, Al Jefferson. Really not a whole lot of guys you could – probably pick over him good point um, good point but let's let's look yeah. at that. let's look at 2015 right we all agree towns is a good pick at one right and then russell we said turned his career around uh okafor not so much at all Porzingis having a good career um willie collie stein not so much moutier not so much so you could definitely see justice winslow there's definitely guys you could take devin booker over all those guys you can call that a whiff you know, there's yeah. there's definitely some players you can you can say, whoop, they should have picked that guy instead of that guy for sure. Um, Leo, yeah. you want to jump back in? Oh yeah, uh, I was gonna just piggyback off of Zach's '98. Um, how old Candy went over Ricky Davis? I will never know. <laughs> nah, I knew you were gonna go there. I knew you were gonna go there. So we got a couple more questions to go through on this mail a mailbag. The first one ever. Thanks to everybody that sent in some questions. I think that's awesome of you guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, we got one from Kelly. And she asked, which player has the most triple-doubles in their career? Yeah, with that one, it is Oscar Robertson. He's got 181 total triple-doubles. Right behind him is Russell Westbrook at 146. He yeah, just Westbrook's got to be up there. Yeah, he just recently passed Magic Johnson. And Jason Kidd is in fourth place. So there's really nobody close behind Westbrook. I think uh, Westbrook does pass Oscar at some point, maybe in the next two years. Uh, but right now, Oscar's holding that down by about 35 more triple-doubles. 
Yeah, and I agree with you on that one. I think Oscar is going to definitely, definitely pass that. The way the way the new NBA is and the way he's playing, I never thought I'd see that record get broken, but um, he's just got a knack for the ball and where it is. We're gonna go to the next yeah. qu- next question. I'm uh, oh, sorry. I have a quick I have a quick question. Sure. Um, you know, coming off quadruple doubles, only four in NBA history have quadruple doubles. That's Nate Thurman, Alvin Robertson, Akeem Olajuwon, and David Robinson. Who do you guys see being the next guy to get uh, possibly get a quadruple double? My pick would be Giannis, personally. Same, same here, or Luca. You got to think uh, uh, Zion's got to be a maybe dark horse for that. Nice. Uh, okay. what, do you, what do you think, Wiley? Uh, I agree with you guys. I go with Giannis. Or, uh, I like Leo's pick of uh, Zion. Um, just I, he hasn't really played to his full potential. Got hurt early in the season, so like to see what he uh, what he does. I think he has the potential to do that. And I'll tell you right now, man, he looked really good when he came back. I would have loved to have seen him finish off the season. I think he would have, as much as Zach is going to kill me for this one, I think he would have really closed that, that gap on Rookie of the Year with John. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. We got to get some fired up stuff here, man. You didn't think he was playing good enough to, like, I, I, still, I still think John wins it, obviously. But you don't think he would have closed that gap? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the Grizzlies are playoff contenders. I still don't see the Pelicans being in the playoffs, even with the way Zion's playing. And for Ja to lead a Grizzlies team that just completely reshaped that whole roster, that's extremely impressive. And you can't, you, you can't, you can't pick him over Ja. Can't do it. No, no, I'm not saying picking him over, but he closed that gap. I would think. I mean, he's in the conversation. He's in the conversation for number two for sure. Yes. All right. Let's go to the next one. And and um, I apologize. I forgot to write down who who came up with this question. But um, someone out there wanted to know um, who are the best players to come straight from high school. And we'll start off with Leo on that one. Uh, well, I'm a little biased on this one. Um, big fan of Baron Davis, but I think. Uh, you really got to go with LeBron, right? Like he's the last, is he the last class that could do high school or uh, was there one more class after that? There's a, there's a few more after Baron Davis also went to UCLA. Just so oh, he went, oh, he did. I'm sorry. The, I thought he, did he, am I making a mistake in thinking that he got drafted out of high school and didn't go or something like that? Yeah, you are, but it, it's oh, fine. Well, I'm the <laughs> asshole. I'm sorry. So anyway, my answer is Bron Bron because it's LeBron. Why yeah. the- uh, I'd probably say Kevin Garnett. I know Zach's a huge fan of Kevin Garnett. Um, he went straight from, from high school to the NBA, uh, went straight to the Timberwolves. Dude, wore his heart on his sleeve, killed it for the, um, the Timberwolves, and uh, really enjoyed watching him play. And I think he just dominated as soon as he got into the league. So I'm going to go with Kevin, Kevin Garnett. Zach, what do you got? I'm going to go with you know LeBron and Kevin Garnett, of course, but also Kobe Bryant. Also Tracy McGrady, Jermaine Tracy O'Neal McGrady. had a lot of success. So there's a lot of guys that did have success coming out of high school. I think they are going to change that rule again to where guys can come out of high school just at the way that athletes are developing faster these days. So I think you're going to start seeing guys coming out of high school in the next two, maybe three years. I think that rule is going to come back. But Kobe, LeBron, Garnett, Tracy McGrady would probably be my top four. I Moses am, Malone, too. Oh, you, just stole, you, just it. you just stole it from me. Was, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I was going to throw Moses in because no one was mentioning Moses. Moses was like the first real big guy, too, to come out out of high school and just kill it, right? Right, yeah. He yeah. was the first, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think we're all on point, man. Everybody that, that dropped the name there, I definitely think uh, 
they're all, you know, I mean, they're pretty much all Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, mentioned. yeah. Kobe soon to be and Garnett, they they just got elected in. So, um, you know what's cool? We got um, a question. A friend of mine just sent a question in right now because I told him we were doing one. This one's from Tony, and he says, "Here's a question. If you all talk about it, what are the chances that this pause leads to permanent reduction in games? NBA 82 to 66 games, for example, especially with the load management being such a hot topic." Tony, that's a great question. I'm going to throw that to Leo first. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that can come out of this. Uh, I think that's uh, an idea that's been kicked around by just about every major sport um, in some capacity. Uh, I think uh, the idea is, you know, you're going to get a better quality product out of all of the players uh, with, you know, a few fewer games. And, you know, the the question then becomes on the business side of it, because that's obviously going to drive this decision, um, is the product that much better that you'll make up that money lost on those extra games. Zach, what do you think? The NBA has been talking about shortening the season for a long time. So if they are going to shorten the season permanently, I think this is the season where they experiment with it and move forward with it. But I really hope that they don't permanently shorten the season for a lot of reasons. One, it's more basketball. Uh, I, I know that's easier on the athletes these days, but also you are paid to play 82 games and it kind of messes with the records moving forward. So I, I like kind of like baseball, how you don't want to see drastic changes to baseball. I don't want to see that basketball because I think that does kind of um, hurt records moving forward. And for me, being such a basketball nut and historian of the game, I would really hate to see that just because it's going to open up a lot more questions for the younger greats moving forward. So I don't want to see it personally. If anything, I just hope they maybe extend the season out or shorten the playoffs. I think shorten the playoffs would make the most sense rather than shortening the season. Uh, though I think that's the, the shortening of the season is something that's likely to happen at some point. I'm definitely with you, Zach, on that. I don't think uh, it does any justice to any of the records or the history of any of these sports. I don't like it either. Same, same reason for both of you guys said. I think, I think stats are so important in basketball, and I think – we do shorten that season, a lot of those those statistics will never be broken, to be honest with you. So I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I'm going to throw it over to Wiley. Wiley, give me your two cents on that. I'm just, I think the NBA players want to play um, from like half the people that I've seen. I mean, all they really, they, they're itching to get back out there, get on the court, start playing. Uh, so I'd like to see it, at least some kind of salvageable season for the rest of this. And then I, I agree with Zach, if they're going to do any kind of shortening of the season or um, looking at it, they should do it now and experiment with now. And then I agree. I'd like to see the playoffs, um, uh, sh the playoffs shortened. So yeah, because the playoffs used to be shortened, and then they they lengthen them. And obviously, a lot of that lengthening it has to do with with money and advertising. But I agree with you on that one. I think the playoffs could definitely be shortened to make it more exciting. Um, right now, this is where the big trivia question is going to be. Whoever gets this right gets a large pizza and three pounds of wings. From our buddies over at Sparks Pizza Baron, it's obviously a carryout um, curbside they're doing for you guys. So just roll up with your card and you can grab it. So the first person that gets a hold of us on our social media, that on Twitter, and then we'll get you hooked up. Um, the question, well, here's the question. Who's number two in all-time assists? So that's going to be the question that wins it. Send it to Not My House on Instagram, I'm not, excuse me, on Twitter, and um, you get hooked up. So I'm tying this into a question here. 
where um, this is from Finn. And Finn said, um, where's John Stockton ranked on a list of all-time point guards? Let's cruise it over to Zach. Zach, what do you think about Stockton? Magic Johnson to me is the best point guard of all time, in my opinion, just because he's so versatile. He changed the point guard position. With John Stockton, to me, he's easily top three. I'd probably have him in the number two spot, honestly. I think uh, even over Oscar Robertson, I know a lot of people have Oscar, but Oscar is also a hybrid. You could play Oscar like a small forward or a shooting guard for a pure point guard. I got to put John Stockton at two or three um, just because he's the all-time leader in assists and also steals. And he was also very consistent throughout his career, much like Duncan. You never really saw a huge dip in his numbers. So, I mean, he did that all the way up until like age 40. And he made a small market in Utah uh, a great team for years. I mean, they had a huge playoff run. I think they went like 15 straight years, maybe more, something like that. And then he also led Utah to the NBA Finals back-to-back against the Bulls and took them to game six both times. That's just off Stockton Malone, and there wasn't much guys uh, coming in after them on that roster. It wasn't a very deep team. So I have, I have Stockton way up there. Leo. I, me, personally, I can't make a case for Stockton as uh, the best point guard of all time. But what I will do is at least try to make a devil's advocate type situation going here. And uh, John Stockton wasn't a gigantic guy and played in an extremely tough era of basketball with some fucking bruisers, man. And he went out there and he did his thing every night and did not have a wardrobe malfunction either. So, you know, you got to give – John Stockton, a little bit of credit for that. Yeah, and if you can rock short shorts in the late 90s and early 2000s and still give people the business. You know, I'm saying. And, you know, everything stays inside the short shorts as well. You know, that's a double bonus. So that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) there's your argument for for why you got to consider him for the best point guard of all time. I like like Magic. Um, I, I like Stockton. I think Stockton's a little dirty for me, to be honest with you. Um, one guy that we're going to talk about later in, in a different podcast that I really like that no one talks about, Kevin Johnson. Great yeah, he's, he's underrated for sure. He's underrated for sure. I wouldn't put him over Stockton, but he's a guy that should get thrown into the conversation. Um, I think Stockton, honestly, was a hell of a player, though. He really was. I can't put him over Magic, personally. We got one more um, – Question. Well, actually, we got two more questions in the mailbox. I want to make sure I get this one. This is a good one. This is one from Bob. And Bob said, with the extra year of eligibility for seniors next year, how will that affect scholarships, team makeup, incoming first-year recruits, the up-and-coming juniors, and the draft for the following year? That's a great question, Bob. I'm going to throw that over to Zach to start off with. Yeah, that is a good question because that's something I want to see happen. I want to see uh, these seniors be able to play in other years with uh, their sport being canceled because of this. But I don't think it's going to have a huge effect, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of um, sports that can carry on another athlete or two. I mean, look at Air Force. They have like 22 guys on their basketball roster. I know that most teams don't do that, but another spot or two really doesn't hurt. Um, also, a lot of these seniors probably already have um, off-season goals, whether they're going into a different pro- profession out of college, so they might not stick around for that senior year anyway because sports were very secondary to them. But I don't think it affects it. If anything, I think it makes it more competitive for the freshmen coming in. Um, but honestly, I'd, 
I don't think it's a big problem at all. I, th- I think every team in any sport can handle carrying one or two more guys on a roster spot. What do you think, Wiley? Uh, I think it'd be interesting um, with having guys staying on another season. And I think it's going to mostly affect those younger guys coming in that are going to try to, you know, like Zach said, make it more competitive for playing time. Uh, we'll just see what playing time is going to look like for some of those guys. And, um, and I think that it's just going to affect the lower class and it's just going to be a little bit of a build up to see what those guys can do. And hopefully it'll make it more challenging and we'll see some good teams come out and um, have some good guys running the floor. So, but I don't think it affects it too much. I just think, like I said, it'll just be those, uh, those younger ones um, that'll be fighting for playing time that might not get as much um, over the next couple of years. But Leo, what do you think? I think um, you're absolutely right about it affecting the younger guys, first of all. Uh, I, I just think that um, there will be some combination of both the younger guys getting less playing time and a lot more guys redshirting, and that goes back to Zach's point of having just larger rosters. And, you know, if you, if you can afford to redshirt those young guys and they're not going to impact your, your talent pool, then I think that's going to be a viable option for a lot of guys. And I think on top of that, the NCAA is going to do whatever they can to make this right for the players that this is affecting now, because I mean, they're, they're potentially facing a like lethal situation to college sports right now. So all the money that's being lost on the tournaments and the preseason football games and, and the college world series is, you know, that's gotta be in jeopardy at this point. Cause I mean, they haven't played any college world Series or college baseball games. So I got to think that the NCAA will do everything in their power to make this right for all the players that's currently affecting. Zeke, what you got? Uh, really quick, because we didn't answer the second part of that question, how it affects the draft. Uh, honestly, I don't think it affects the draft at all because most seniors aren't really big-time draft prospects, and they could leave college early anyway if they wanted to go to the draft. So I don't think that affects the draft at all. If anything – it might help the draft, especially those guys that get an extra year because some of these guys are late bloomers. So for some of these guys, it might be a great thing if they get that extra year of eligibility so they have another year to develop. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I think it helps the draft. And for the younger guys, they're going to leave early anyway. That's a great great point. You're already seeing right now a bunch of players um, opting out for the draft already. Right. Yeah. Last week or two, like a ton of people are like declaring for the draft. So I think it's a great point. We got one more question. This is a fun one. Um, And it's an interesting one. So um, this is from Stark. And her question was, who do you think was the most famous Globetrotter? And I'll start off with, uh, I'll start off with Leo on that. Oh, you got to go Curly, right? Oh, not famous. Not famous. Excuse me. She wanted no talent. Uh My bad. I was thinking famous. Who was the most talented Globetrotter? Ooh. Um, I'm still going Curly. Yeah, give me Curly. I'm a big fan of, of, of the fancy passing and, and uh, fancy handles. I think that's more impressive in that type of a game. So, give me Curly. Okay, real quick before we throw it on the round table, did you get to see them play live? I did not. Okay. Uh, let's, go, um, let's go Wiley. Uh, they got to go Leo and go Curly and uh... – um, just all the crazy stuff that they did. We actually got to see them uh, since living in Reno. They came to Lawler when I was a kid. Um, and I just I, I just remember thinking those guys were, like, the best players in the world when I was a little kid. And I, but then growing up, realizing that they were just playing a shitty team that didn't play any defense, I was like, 
I was so heartbroken. <laughs> I was like, it was like, I was like finding out Santa Claus did this. I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, yeah, Jack. and 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 uh, one thing about the Globetrotters—they're kind of known more as just entertainment these days. But back in like the you know '40s, '50s, '60s, they were considered to be the best players in the world. I mean, guys like Wilt Chamberlain played for the Globetrotters. Guys like Connie Hawkins, uh, some of the greatest NBA players, were Globetrotters at one point. I think. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard to argue Curly Neal because he's with the Globetrotters for so long. I mean, that's almost like you know saying LeBron's the greatest Laker of all time. It just if you think he's better than Kobe. Uh, so, I mean, I think Curly Neal is the most famous, and he's probably up there for being the most talented. But for me, it's hard to, to say to not say a Wilt Chamberlain or a Connie Hawkins, guys that prove themselves in the NBA, especially somebody who's probably a top five, top ten NBA, greatest NBA player of all time and Wilt Chamberlain. So I would either go Wilt Chamberlain, Connie Hawkins, or Curly Neal. I think those three are, are the three most talented. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I, I, I want to throw a little metal arc lemon in there, too. Um, I think the coolest thing about – you got to see him, Zach, or no? Yeah, I got to see him live twice. Uh, Marquise Haynes is another guy I really liked. Cool. I got to see him also. I saw him a couple times. I saw him in Vegas when I was younger, and I saw him in New Jersey. And, and you know, the entertainment value was cool. I love how they played to the fans. I thought that was really neat. Um, it was just interesting. It was kind of a fun way to get into basketball when you were a little kid. Um, and then like, you know, like Wiley, you know, like same thing I realized, I'm like, these guys just, there's no real rules going on here. You know what I mean? You start kind of wising up a bit and you realize like, okay, yeah, they're just doing whatever they want to do, but yeah, still they're entertaining. Like, they're like dumping buckets of like confetti on people. Right, 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 right. <laughs> or like, just like walking and all these crazy things. The thing that I thought was cool though, is how long they've lasted for. Yeah. I mean, that's they're, they're still going. Can you guys, do you guys know anybody that's on, like on the team right now? I just put um, this up. I can pull up the, cur- the current roster. I don't. But I have I, no idea who any of these guys are. I don't recognize <laughs> any of them. They all have nicknames too, which cracks me up, um, which, is, which is really, really cool, actually. Um, we, had a, we had an XUNR player play for the yeah, truck, didn't we? Ethan O'Brien, yeah. Right. Ethan O'Brien. Absolutely, which is really cool. Hey, I want to say thanks real quick to uh, Sparks Pizza Baron, um, which this mailbag is sponsored by. If you get that trivia question right, you get a large pizza and three pounds of wings. Jim and the, and the boys over there do a great job at Pizza Baron, and make sure you uh, check them out. I actually worked with Jim, and um, me and Jim together donated 50 slices of pizza um, this week to uh, people and families that need it, man, because there's a lot of people that do not have a job right now. So um, go down there and uh, get yourself a slice of pizza. Go to the, go to the Facebook page. Um, it's Sparks Pizza Baron. Um, they're great guys, and they're, they're, they're our first real sponsor, which is awesome. So thanks for everybody that's, that sent in the questions. We really appreciate that. Now we're going big. We're going super big. And I'm going to let Zach take over this one in the beginning just to talk a little bit about the background. It's something me and him talk about all the time because of all the people that talk about this on the internet that blows my mind. We're going to go a, a roundtable discussion on who is better, uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. And Zach, give us, a, give us a little bit of history behind this one before we get into it. Yeah, I mean, first, this, the reason we're having this discussion is because it's becoming a more and more popular discussion, especially on social media uh, right now. I think everybody is getting a little bit bored with this whole COVID-19 thing, and they want something to be able to talk about. And 
everybody is debating who's better, Michael Jordan or LeBron James. And this is going to be interesting because, I mean, if you go by stats, I mean, you could say LeBron James, but I'm not one to go by stats. And so I just want to have an educated discussion roundtable about who we think is the best player of all time. Let's go you at the end because I know you're going to okay. talk the most about it. So let's start, okay. off, with, let's start off with Leo. Um, so basically the criteria is going to be tell us who you think is better to start right off and then tell us why. So Leo, start us off. So I think Michael Jordan is a better player than LeBron James um, because, you, you, like I mentioned earlier, you cannot stop that man from doing what that guy wanted to do on a basketball court. You know, he when he decided he was going to bust your ass, he was going to do it. And, you know, you can make the argument that he won all, all those championships because he had great players around him, like Scottie Pippen, like Dennis Rodman, like Horace Grant, like all these incredibly good players that were lucky enough to play with him. And I say that because I think they were all great players of their own merit, but I think playing with Michael Jordan has to make you a better player and bring you up to that championship level. And I think he does that in a way that LeBron James just doesn't quite do. I think it's a great point, Leo. The other thing that's interesting about your point, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I think the only two guys that won championships after playing with Jordan, I think was Steve Kerr and um, Ron Harper. Is that correct, Zach? Yeah, Ron Harper at the Lakers and Steve Kerr at the Spurs. But no one else did, and that's a great point to, to, to kind of hammer home Leo's point about that. Jordan made those players better. They went other places, did not win. So it shows you what Jordan did. Um, let's go Wiley next. Wiley, your thoughts? Tell me who you think's better first. So I'm going to go Michael Jordan. Uh, if anybody knows me, uh, I'm not a huge LeBron James fan. Uh, I respect him. Um, I'll respect him, but fuck him. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, but what this boils down to is, um, you know, Different careers, different point totals, um, different skill sets. I think that uh, it kind of comes down to, you know, who you think, you know, you can boil it down to rings. You can boil it down to playoff wins. You can – whatever you want to say. Um, but I think hands down the way Michael Jordan, um, you know, fought all those years. Yeah, he got great players around him. But um, he went out there and competed every night, and he made everybody around him better. Uh, I think Michael Jordan hands down wins this one. Um, I just, I've seen LeBron, you know, he couldn't really win in Cleveland. So he went down to Miami. Um, you know, he shuffled around a couple times. Uh, he hasn't really been that example player that you want to see that makes everybody else around him better. Um, you know, you start with him going back to Cleveland again and, you know, all the rumors and media going around about how, you know, LeBron runs the team and, LeBron doesn't like you, you're going to get shipped out. I don't, I don't like hearing that. You know, you never heard about that with, with, with Jordan. Jordan always made everybody around him better. And um, I love – you guys get a chance. Um, I love the Michael um, Dennis Rodman story because um, Michael brought Dennis to the, to the Bulls to play defense for him. Um, and, you know, just his ability to make people around him better and um, just be an overall teammate I think was huge. So my, uh, my vote's going for Michael Jordan. Wiley, you want to hear something crazy? Yeah, I, I just heard this um, or just read it on Twitter the other day. The whole entire time that Rodman and Jordan played together, they never talked about anything but basketball. 
There was I wouldn't, never, I wouldn't that's shocking it. to you? There's yeah. never there no, like there was never any small talk, period. <laughs> never. Nothing. It was all basketball. What it. would those guys talk about? Like <laughs> like Rodman walks into the locker room from a long night. And MJ's already in there, been busting his ass for like three hours. Not to say that Rodman didn't work his ass off, but think, let's think, just picture this scenario. He walks in and he's like, "Boys, I just had a great night." What's MJ going to say? Oh yeah. Think about this. <laughs> and, we all played sports, right? We all played sports. Like, yeah, you love hearing that shit, but think, you think MJ in a locker room is going to do anything other than just plan out how he's going to kick the shit out of the team next to him? I bet you. Well, no, I can tell you right now. Look up the famous, the famous one with, uh, with Michael and uh, Dikembe Mutombo. That's a really good one. Look that up on YouTube. But um, well, they were probably gab- gambling, right? They had to be playing a poker game, right? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It's really good. It's really oh, good. Okay. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, you play sports with guys, right? And and you leave it on the line when you play with guys and stuff like that. You can't tell me that you're not going to talk about anything but basketball for three years. Think about that. Not like, how's your kids? Hey, Dennis, how much coke did you do and dress up as a girl? You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to say anything to him? At a certain yeah. point, you got to be curious. You know well, what I'm that's saying? That's because that's how different they were. You know what I mean? Like, their, life, their lifestyles were completely opposite of each other. Like Leo says, it's like, Rodman's going to come in the locker and be like, fuck, man, I was wasted last night. Like, you can't come in and say that to Michael Jordan. You know? No, you but you don't so, think- so I get it. We're like, man, I just married myself. Like, you know, what, do you, what do you say? <laughs> I, I, me personally, I think you have to say something. But that shows that shows Jordan, and I'm going to jump in here, give me my two cents before Zach does his thing. And I'm going to say I'm going to say this: Jordan had the killer instinct that no one had in this league, like from when he started, when Jordan started. Um, I think Magic had it. I think Bird had it, and I think Kobe had it. And I, and I don't think LeBron has it. I think LeBron shows, like, that amazing block in the playoffs um, against in the finals against uh, Cleveland. That we was don't like, talk whoa. about that. Like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. Like, you're actually, like but, – but it's just he never followed it through. I mean, to me, Jordan was the guy. If you had to have a ball in someone's hand at the end of the game, I'm taking Jordan 10 times out of 10 over LeBron. I'm sorry. LeBron is probably the best – athlete we've seen play basketball in the last 15 20 years um he's got the hardware but i just feel like and and if you want to the honest truth i feel like lebron had a much better team around him when he won his championships compared to jordan ever did and that's that's just my two cents on that i think um i think jordan is just that guy he was just on a different level and i hate when people try to compare the two because the thing that we have now that's amazing is youtube and you can go on youtube and watch classic games and you can watch all these games Jordan played in, and you can just go, yeah, that guy is on a different level. I mean, it's like it's like watching Bird play sometimes or Magic play sometimes. They were just on a different level. Has LeBron been a guy that's taken over games? Absolutely. But it, it, I, I don't put him there when it comes to, like, like I'm going to just kill this whole team, and I'm winning, and no one's stopping me. I don't get that from LeBron. And I think that's why you can never put LeBron over Michael no matter how many more championships he gets or no matter what happens. I mean, look at the team he has. He has Anthony Davis on his team this year. You know, he's got, he's got guys on his team this year that, and, and if they were allowed to, you know, they didn't make a trade, which I thought they were going to. I just think that he's the guy that, you know, he's, he's going to be top 10 for sure. He's in my top 10 already, but I don't see him. To be honest with you, man, I could see him at five. 
and I can see him never getting higher than five compared to the other guys I have personally in my top 10, which we'll be talking about here in a second. Um, but it's just that killer instinct. He doesn't have it like Jordan did. I don't think anyone will have it like Jordan. I think the closest person that had it was Kobe, in my opinion. Um, Zach, floor is yours, man. Let Lay it out, dude. Yeah, and look, I am going to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. And look, people can talk stats. They can talk, you know, naked eye what they saw all they want. But you have to go beyond that when you talk about this because there's just going to be opinions and people disagreeing uh, no matter what. So for me, I got to look outside the box a little bit. And I'm going to kind of go down a rabbit hole here, so just bear with me. Chime in if you guys feel like. But first of all, let's just talk about the effect both of these guys had on basketball. Like, there's no question LeBron's had an effect on basketball. Like, there, there's no question about that. Uh, but look what Michael Jordan did without social media. He made basketball a worldwide phenomenon. He made guys in other countries uh, really start wanting to play basketball. He made them NBA fans. I mean, when he's on the dream team, he had people going up to him during a game shaking his hand. You know, you don't see people doing that to LeBron James these days. You don't see that. My, Michael Jordan was never chasing anyone, if you think about that. Like, who is he chasing in his career? Like, who is he chasing to be better than Kareem? You know what? Like, that's, maybe? That's a great point. That's an absolute great point. Yeah. Because it's different positions. That's a great point. Yeah, so it's like he had nobody to really compare himself to. And so, okay, he's chasing Kareem. He easily does that. Bird and Magic willingly hand the torch over and over to him because they knew he was better than them. So they came out publicly and said, yeah, he's better. You know, <laughs> you don't have anybody saying that, you know, that did that with LeBron. Whereas LeBron, his whole career, he had been always chasing Jordan since day one. Since day one, he's chasing Jordan, and it's funny because they don't even play anything alike. But that's who he was chasing, and that's who people were comparing him to from day one. Um, my problem with LeBron, though, I feel like he could be better, as crazy as that sounds. Like, I don't know if you guys agree with me on this. I want to hear your guys' take, but don't you guys feel like he could be better? Like, he, he could have improved his three-point shot big time. He could have a much better post game. Like, I just feel like there's – his like potential hasn't been reached. Like he has all the physical attributes. He has everything you would want in a basketball player, but you just don't see some of the uh, craft and technique that you want to see with him. He's too interested in taco Tuesday and, and, uh, and patenting <laughs> Tuesday. That's what I think. No, real quick. I want to say a couple quick things and we'll pass it over to anybody else. I want to talk before Zach gets back in. Um, how many people do you know? Well, here's a perfect example. LeBron wears 23. Yeah. Why is he wearing 23? Right? Yeah. Jordan. How many people wore 23 after Jordan because of Jordan? Does that make sense? How many, right, people, yeah. wearing, how many people wearing six because of LeBron or 23 because of LeBron? Um, I think you're right about all your points so far for sure. Um, the one thing I want to chime in before we send it back to you or tell anybody else that wants to talk real quick, um, please go on the internet, go on YouTube and watch – the 1992 dream team practice. And that's another thing you got to watch for you to understand the greatness of Michael Jordan, because that practice that they had against each other, is probably one of the best pickup games you'll ever watch in your entire life. So I'll throw it back to you, Zach, unless anybody else wants to add in real quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, for 
going back to Jordan not having anybody to chase, think if he was comparing himself to somebody and how different his numbers might be. Maybe he did want to stack up numbers just to like prove he was better. He didn't have that. So not not to say numbers matter or anything. I'm I'm just throwing that out there for those that do care about numbers. He could have probably stacked those up if he really wanted to. But also I've seen LeBron disappear in games. Like I've seen him be completely disinterested at times. I've seen him have really horrific games. I've seen his intensity low. I've seen his uh you know motor just go completely out, pointing fingers at teammates, walking up the floor. I've never once seen that with Jordan. Never. Uh, Jordan, if he was having a bad game, he was getting it done on defense, barking at his teammates with that same intensity. And the second you talk, talk shit to him, you, he hit a whole nother level. Another, another thing with him, Jordan never joined another team. And I know a lot of people might roll their eyes and I bring this up. But this is just a point I want to throw out. Jordan was dealt the cards he was given. So he left it up to management to go out and get him Pippen, get guys like Rodman, get guys like Horace Grant. He never left a team to go join forces with two other superstars and like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Uh, or when he went back to Cleveland, people say, well, he did get it done in Cleveland. It's like, yeah, well, he went to join Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, who are still superstars, you know? So Make a big scene me, out of it either. You know yeah. I mean? And and I don't even want to get into all that because it, I I just don't. Um, but my I, I I guess my point with joining forces, he wasn't the guy in Miami. It, Dwayne Wade was. It was always Dwayne Wade's team, and it's still Wade County in Miami. It's not James County. And even in L.A. now, people are there's L.A. fans that don't like him. They're still Team Kobe. Uh, if Jordan switched teams. That wouldn't happen. They'd, they'd still be Team Jordan. It would be Jordan County because that's what a big alpha male he was and that's what how big of an icon he was. Like Jordan could have gone anywhere and it, it would have been Jordan's team. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. You, um, got, you got more, don't you? No, real oh, quick. I have, I just, I have, I have a, a, more, I have a quick question, ahead, Zach. Hey, maybe for you or for whoever wants to chime in, but do you think it was – I think LeBron – has been um, has spent his career trying to validate himself um, because he was so good in high school um, that you know everyone he had this kind of like I have to live up to this. So I think that he did switch teams to you know kind of validate his his legacy or his career in order to get rings and win championships because that's what people were comparing him to Michael Jordan. And, but I feel like Michael was never doing that. Michael was just going out there playing the game. Exactly. Like you talked about like great overall player, barked at his teammates. If he wasn't getting it done, he was doing something else, defense assists, whatever he had to do to get it done. So do you think that Michael didn't really have that in high school and college? Because, you know, like you, you all know the Michael Jordan story about getting cut by his coach and, and like kind of having that story. And then LeBron really being, part of that media like being really hyped you think that like made his tra trajectory of his career a little bit different because he has to like I have to validate and say okay they've, they've said I'm the best player here where do I go from here yeah that, that's a good question and as I was actually going to get get to that so I'm glad that you brought that up but I, I think you're right it kind of goes back to what I'm saying Jordan didn't have anybody to chase 
he was always just yeah. chasing himself. And Jordan was trying to validate himself because he, 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 he always had a chip on the shoulder, like you said, from getting cut and people not thinking he's, he's good enough, people getting drafted over him. So that's a really good point. With LeBron, I feel like he didn't have to go through the adversity that Michael Jordan went through. It, he was just told from day one he was going to be the greatest. And I think that's why you see Le, uh, Jordan with more of that competitive edge than you see in LeBron because it's very clear uh, who has the advantage in that category, if that makes any sense. But yeah, it makes complete sense. Another, yeah. And another thing, like, there are so many moments of Michael Jordan where I just got chills down my spine where I could actually feel goosebumps. Like, oh, that was cold-blooded. Like, you want to talk about ice in your veins? Oh, yeah. I, Michael Jordan was that. LeBron, I can think of one instance when that happened. That, that was the block in the yep. NBA Finals. Yep. Uh, I honestly cannot think of another moment. I, can I, think, I really can't. I can think of like the, my, the ELO shot. Right? Yeah. The, the ELO I mean, shot. Jordan, yeah. Over, over the, Russell. Yeah. I mean, but the list goes on and on. Um, but – I am going to have some points to also favor LeBron because I'm, I, I am fair. I am fair. But uh, round table before I get into this, because we just talked about switching teams. Do any of you guys think that we would be viewing LeBron any differently if he just stayed in Cleveland? I just, I just want to get that out there before I even move on. Uh, so are you saying stayed in Cleveland, but basically had a similar type career like, you know, yeah. lobbied to get players on his team uh, and basically create a super team, just stayed in Cleveland the whole time. Right. If we were just to go based off the naked eye, if he was still the player he is, okay. yeah. got the same done in Cleveland, do we view him any different? And do we put him over Michael? I think there's um, a slight difference in the way that we view him as sports fans. Um, but I don't think it really would change his basketball legacy. Uh, all that much it's just more in the the public perception um i think the public perception would be different in the way that uh some people would have a bit more respect for the idea that he was committed to cleveland and that's just you know us as sports fans being passionate about our teams um but i think if you're looking at it from a strictly basketball um you know objective perspective then you know i i think you got to still view them the same Okay. Uh, what about you, Wiley? No, I agree. Um, I think that uh, if he had stayed in Cleveland and lobbied for players, try to get some, you know, get some, build some team around him, um, I think this discussion would be a little bit more uh, on par. I mean, I have Jordan by a landslide against LeBron James. So for right. me, it would be a little bit more even. Um, but I, I still just, I just don't think he will ever be that player, um, for me at least, that, you know, uh, has that dog mentality that will get it done. If he's not, if he's not scoring, he's going to figure out who's hot, who's going to score, um, and, he's, you know, he's going to get it done on defense. He's going to bark at his teammates and get things going. I just don't see that out of him. So, I, I, you know, if he stays in Cleveland, I, maybe he doesn't win any championships, but – to me, I would, I would just respect him a little bit more. I mean, I respect the guy already, but it would just put him up a couple notches on, on, on that level. So that's what I would say there. And, I mean, I'd still pick Michael Jordan, you know, I, I think any day. Okay. Eric, do you, does it change you at all if he stayed in Cleveland? 
changes a little bit because he gets drafted by Cleveland. He's a hometown kid. Um, he tries to win a championship in Cleveland. Um, I think it changes it a bit, but I'm kind of with everybody else. I mean, it, it's still – it's the Tiger doesn't change his stripes. You have it or you don't. I don't see it in him. Um, maybe he gets some great players to play with him in Cleveland. They win some championships. Awesome. Um, I'll give him the points for staying in Cleveland and not jumping from team to team, not winning in Miami, then coming back to Cleveland to win. I think you stay in Cleveland and win and try to win instead of doing that. Um, but I still have Jordan ahead of him by by quite a bit. Yeah, same here. Uh, if LeBron stayed in Cleveland, things would change a little bit. I'd probably have him at the two, maybe three spot, uh, surprisingly, over a burden of magic. If he stayed, got his three rings, uh, didn't have people joining forces. Uh, if he did with one team, I'd be a lot more willing to put him over a bird, a magic, a will, uh, you know, a Kareem. Still not a Jordan, in my opinion. Uh, but maybe at the end of the day, if it's all said and done, I don't know. Um, but what, uh, to, get it, to get a little further into this, to me, when you look at the greatest athletes of all time, they all have kind of like the storybook fairy tale career that that you that you uh that you picture in an athlete am i right on that i would say so yeah so with michael jordan i mean he is the definition of having the storybook legacy i mean he gets cut from his high school team as a sophomore and he trains religiously after that becomes the star of the team the following season with multiple 40 point games and averages 25 plus points and becomes a mcdonald's all-american like when does that ever happen? Then he signs with North Carolina. He hits the game-winning shot for the national title against Patrick Ewing, who is arguably the most hyped college player of all time since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Thanks. And then he, and then he gets Rookie of the Year after being drafted third with Elijah Wan and Sam Bowie going ahead of him. And not, on top of that, he ruins Sam Bowie's life because of who he becomes. And forever, Sam Bowie is considered – the biggest best of all time when he is actually a very good player. <laughs> real quick, real, real quick on that too. I want to add real quick. Portland doesn't need to take Jordan. They needed to take a big man. Yeah, they made the right pick at the time. They had directly. I completely agree. And that gets, that gets tripped out on history a lot. They made the right choice. They made the right call on that one. Continue. Yeah, and so Jordan d breaks all these records throughout his career, gets all these highlights, gets a bunch of dunk championships, you know, the famous one against Dominique, puts up 63 in the Boston Garden against, you know, Larry Bird and the Celtics, gives everything he has and still can't beat those Celtics teams, has to go through the bad boys' pistons, get the, gets the living shit kicked out of him. And based off his pure will, he hits the weight room, gains 20 pounds, goes on a three-peat with the Bulls, retires after three titles to play another professional sport because his dad dies, so he does it for his dad, comes back. When he comes back, the Bulls are 31-31 and 31 out of playoff contention, and when he comes back, they cruise through the playoffs and go on like a 17-4 and four win streak and make the playoffs after that. And then the next championship he wins is on Father's Day. The first championship he gets since his dad's death, that's like right there, that's fairy tale. Like you can't write that any better. He wins his next title on Father's Day. Yeah. And then they go on another 3 P. And the way he ends his 3 P 
is on a buzzer beater over Brian Russell. And that's the last image that we have of Michael Jordan in a Bulls uniform. <laughs> I mean, and there's no question in my mind he gets those two titles in between his retirement. So he should be 8-0 and in the finals because there's nobody beating those Bulls teams in, in those two years. So, I mean, right there, before I even get into Wizards, Jordan, tell me if that's not a fairy tale career for the greatest player of all time. Am I, am I wrong on that? Nope. Can't write it any better. Yeah, I agree. You, you can't write it any better. And with LeBron, it's okay. He comes straight from high school, gets drafted to the home team. So LeBron has all of the cards in place to have the fairy tale career storybook that everybody wants to hear. So everybody from day one is like, he's the chosen one. He's the chosen one. And then he does the biggest shitbag move ever and leaves his hometown, joins Miami with two other superstars that becomes the villain and wins that way and still doesn't win the first year. And I, I don't know. It's just, you can't be the greatest player of all time. My opinion, if you can't do it with the cards that you're given, but everything was in place in favor of LeBron from day one. And he turned his back on it, took the easy way out. And I just don't think you can possibly recover from that. Well, look I, at the, I don't. Look at the team that he had, that Jordan had, when he won the first three titles. Besides, yeah. besides Pippen, really tell me what team he really had. And you I want to make a point on Pippen, because when Jordan left, Pippen didn't really take advantage. Like, his numbers didn't really go up. They actually went down. When Pippen left the Bulls, his numbers went way down. And he was in his prime, considerably. And whereas Bosch and Wade – and, you know, Kyrie, their numbers went up. I mean, they, they, they did great with LeBron gone. And well, and he has the biggest – he had the biggest bitch move, too, in that playoff game where he knew he wasn't going to get the final shot and he wouldn't come off the fucking bench. Remember that? Right, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, do you think Jordan would have done that? No. You well, know? because you're not going to not set up a play that's not for Michael Jordan. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but that shows how much they thought about Scottie Pippen that they wanted the ball to go to, to, to Kukoc instead. Right. Um, really quick, do you guys consider LeBron James a clutch player? Roundtable. Uh, Leo, you first. Do you think LeBron James is a clutch player? Not particularly because I think um, as much as, like, you know, the buzzer beater shot <coughs> is pretty much the standard metric for being a clutch player, I think there's a lot that goes into the lead up of being a clutch player. You know, the, the whole second half is where it starts for me. Um, and, you know, obviously big games as a whole. But um, I, I think, you know, I saw too many times where, like you said, the play wasn't drawn up for Bron Bron because he wasn't the guy, because there was a better shooter on the floor, because there was a better clutch player on the floor. So I think just based on that, you know, you. I, I don't think he's an incredible clutch player. I think he's like your run-of-the-mill type clutch player. What about you, Wiley? Is he clutch? I would say no. Um, I mean, I don't really have – like, again, I'm not the biggest LeBron James fan, but I just – I don't have those images of him carrying his team across the finish line um, with, you know, a couple of plays. Um, the most notably one that I could think of since it was against my Warriors was the block against Andre. Um, Zach, I know you love that one. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, I just I, – I really haven't seen a lot from him. Um, and, I, you know, those, those ones you talk about, those moments where it just suddenly chills down your spine and, you know, seals a game or 
you know, that one player, that one thing that he did. Um, I just, I just don't see it from him. So how about you, Eric? I am going to have a weird answer for you guys. I'm going to say no early career. and I'm going to say yes, later career. And I think we would have seen some clutch moments from him this season if the season played out. Um, I think he understood how to be more of a clutch player. And I think you definitely saw that this season, the season before. Um, but early in his career, no. So that's my answer on that one. Kind of a weird one, but that's how I feel about that. Okay. Um, hold on real quick. And hold up. Can I add something too? I think just recently this season, there were a couple of games. I think there was the one on Christmas where he missed the two free throws that could have won the game for him. I think, you know, if you're going to be in that talk of, you know, greatest of all time, you got to make free throws, man. And I think there's been a couple of missed blown layups that he's had. Um, so, and I think, I mean, these are just regular season games. I mean, nothing to be too crazy about or get too hyped up on. But I think some of those moments, you know, just in the regular season, I know it's daunting. You got 80, 80 games. But, I mean, you got to make some of these plays, um, you know, if you're, if you're going to be considered the top tier of your – You're bringing up a great point because that's one of the other problems I do have with him is not the best foul shotter, shooter. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. And, like, being the greatest – like, you know, the perfect example, one of the ones I love is, is Jordan's – talking shit to Matumbo and Jordan's on the foul line and he goes, Hey, Matumbo, watch this. And Jordan closes his eyes and makes a foul shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love it. I fucking love it. Cause it's just like, it's, it's, it's great shit talking, but at the same time it's showing him, this is easy. I can make this foul shot. I don't even need to use my eyes. I can close my eyes and make this foul shot. That that's just unbelievable confidence. Can LeBron do that? No. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, here's an interesting stat though, and this is in favor of LeBron. Um, he actually has the most playoff butter, buzzer beaters of all time, if you can believe that. So, and also in the final 10 seconds out of Michael Jordan, Kobe, he shoots uh, 55% in game winning shots. Whereas Michael Jordan shoots 45, Kobe shoots 23. Wow, that's a big drop-off for Kobe. Big drop-off. Uh, final 24 seconds, Michael Jordan shooting 50%. LeBron is shooting 40%. Uh, Kobe shoots 25%. Wow. So maybe they just weren't memorable? Is that what we're saying? Like, the, Michael had more memorable ones than LeBron? Yeah, Michael had more, more memorable ones, for yeah, sure. That. Yeah, we're, but, uh, I mean, LeBron, statistically, he's actually the most clutch player of all time, if you want to go based off analytics and stats. But this is why I can't go based off of stats because, for me, a lot of LeBron's buzzer beaters, they weren't necessarily meaningful. And also, LeBron's teams were in position to be, have their backs against the wall a lot more than those Jordan Bulls teams were because those Bulls teams used to kick the shit out of everybody. True. So, I mean, if, if Jordan was on, like, a bad team, which is hard to imagine because he's Jordan, he made every team good. I don't think – I think those numbers would be a lot higher than LeBron's, whereas LeBron's, like, even those Heat teams, they struggled a lot at times. Like, they were, like, 500, like, halfway through the year at one point. So, I don't know. Le LeBron's teams tend to struggle big time at the very beginning. So, I think that puts him in position to have more of these moments where he's put in position to have to take buzzer-beating shots compared to Michael Jordan. That's a great little. Yeah, and what a lot of people don't think about, this is why you can't go based off stats. LeBron came into the league at the age of 18. Jordan played his college basketball, retired two years in his prime, 
retired again early on and came back for the Wizards after three years of retirement. So that's why you can't go based off career totals and stats because they're kind of tarnished on both. One, it's different eras, and also Michael came in later and retired earlier. So And was boat racing teams. Boat racing teams. <laughs> I mean, he's 6-0 six, six and oh in the finals. Um, anything you guys want to add to that before I move on? I don't think so, man. I think you're killing it right now, and I think you're bringing up points that a lot of people are not talking about online, which I think is, is very important. I think the, the, the point being LeBron comes in at 18, Jordan comes in at 22. Now you can flip the script and you can say Jordan had four years of college ball and he was, he has, he was much more seasoned than LeBron because LeBron came in right from high school. But you know that LeBron right, right from day one in the NBA was playing like top 10, top five. I mean, right off the bat, that kid was just – you could tell he was going to be a guy. You know what I mean? So you bring up great right. points. I think nowadays, what does Jordan do if you put him in, in 2020? What's, what's oh, I'll get, do? I will get to that. I will get to that. Dude, and go I have, for it. I, I'm not going to get to it yet because I want to make an even more interesting point okay. when, when I get there. So I'll get, I'll get there when I get there. But – um, it shouldn't come to surprise. Jordan does actually hold the most buzzer beaters of all time. Uh, you know, as far as like regular season, that kind of thing. Um, his shots were all jumpers though, all ranging from 14 feet to 26 feet. Those were all of his buzzer beaters. Uh, six were in the regular season trailing only Kobe John, uh, only Kobe Bryant and Joe Johnson, believe it or not. Joe Johnson. Yeah. And, uh, three were in the playoffs only trailing LeBron. I, I want to ask you something really quick. Um, Wizards, Jordan, do you think that hurt his legacy? I'm going to say no because, I mean, I I think that just was one of those things where he's like, I, I'm just out here because I still love playing basketball and, I, you know, I'm every now and then I'm going to prove that I can still bust your ass when I want to. So I'm going to say no. How about you, Wiley? I'm going to agree. I'm going to say no. Um, I mean, when he played on the Wizards uh, – I mean, I pretty didn't he like wasn't he like a sixth man on the Wizards? I mean, he he was on that team. Um, I mean, just because he loved the game and he wanted to play, he wasn't trying to be more than what he was. You know, he wasn't trying to be a a, uh, a shot maker. He wasn't trying to be that number one go to guy. He was just trying to play ball with some. You know, get back on the court, have that rush, see the fans, um, and just kind of be back in that that whole realm. And I think a lot of them miss it. Like, you know, like they're talking about right now we have we don't have any basketball and we got players that are like twitter facebook they're everywhere like instagram i'm itching to get back out there we're gonna have a season they're all positive they're all upbeat because they just want to play man um i think that's exactly what jordan wanted to do he just wanted to play so i don't think it hurts his legacy at all what about you eric i don't think so either and the reason why i don't think so is because he put up some pretty good numbers still he put up some 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 big point games from what i remember and I think the biggest thing he did was I don't think he embarrassed himself. Okay. Mm, and I think that's huge because a lot of guys come back or a lot of guys play a year or two longer than they should. Just looking at his stats real quick, if, I don't, if you don't mind me giving these to you. The first year he comes, and this is after three years of not playing basketball, by the way. He uh, averages 22 points, 22.9 points a game. He averages 5.2 assists and 5.7 rebounds. The following year, his last year, he averages 20 points a game. Um, 3.6, excuse me, 3.8 assists and 6.1 rebounds. That is, um, that's some pretty good numbers. 
and especially for being what he was there, he was um, 38 and 39 years old. Yeah. Um, that's really impressive. LeBron's putting up really good numbers for his age also. Um, and he was playing 30, 35 minutes a game. So yeah. I, I don't – I mean – would you like to see Jordan retire as a bull and be a bull the whole entire career? Absolutely. Um, but that's not embarrassing stuff to me. You know what I mean? It's, it's not embarrassing at all. And I think it was weird looking at Jordan in a Wizards jersey, but I'll tell the four, the four of us, including myself, um, I was rooting for Jordan when he was a Wizard. As much as I hated his ass because he's the reason the Knicks don't have any championships with Patrick Ewing, I was actually rooting for him, man. I wanted him to do well. Same. I used to hate Jordan, but Wizards Jordan was a different story. I wanted him to do well also. Um, I'm about to blow your guys' minds, though. And honestly, I was thinking all three of you guys are going to say, yes, it does affect his legacy because most people do think that him playing for the Wizards affects his legacy just because now our last image of him is not that shot over Brian Russell. And a lot of people, you know, he had high expectations to live up to coming off that, that three-peat, now playing for the Wizards. Now he's not quite himself. He's not quite as athletic. He isn't quite as great. So a lot of people do think that hurt his legacy. But with Wizards, Jordan, like you said, Eric, uh, he took three years off before he came back to the Wizards. A lot of people don't know he was dealing with tendonitis in his wrists and his knees and was having his knees drained multiple times throughout that season. And a lot of people forget Ron Artest broke two of his ribs in an off-season pickup game before the season had even started. So he was actually playing with broken ribs. Wow. Um, so he's playing with tendonitis in his wrists and his knees, had two broken ribs that were just healing. But, you know, he's still not quite healed. And, of course, he's Michael Jordan. There's all this hype. So he wants to come back and play. You know, he's not going to sit out and everybody be like, oh, he's too old, blah, blah, blah. Um, but look, he also played 14 games at the torn meniscus that year. And people forget about that. And before the torn meniscus, he was averaging 25 points, six rebounds, five assists, 1.5 steals. Um, the last 10 games pre-injury, he was averaging 30 points, 6.6 rebounds, and six assists on 47% shooting. <laughs> and the Wizards were on a 47 win, uh, win game pace, which puts them in playoff contention, uh, and they're in the playoff hunt. And also, Richard Hamilton missed the majority of that season, but with Richard Hamilton, that Wizards team was 15-1. and one. Wow. So with Jordan and Hamilton in the lineup, they were pretty unstoppable. They're actually on pace to be a number one seed with Richard Hamilton in the lineup. Wow. Uh, so Jordan um, – and also let's keep in mind the Wizards had the, had the second worst defense in the league the year before, and they're the third worst team in the league the year before Jordan got there. So just keep that in mind. So with, with that being said – Jordan was the only significant addition to that Wizards team from the year before. They really didn't add anybody else. They had Kwame Brown and Brennan Haywood and Ty Lue. That Those were the three other guys that they had really added. Um, and that year, the Wizards were actually sixth in the league in defense with Michael Jordan 
in the lineup. Um, the last 35 games after Jordan's injury, uh, or I mean the last 35 games pre-injury, they were ranked third in the league in defense. So my point with that is Jordan was still getting into basketball shape. He was getting better. The team was getting better. Um, with Richard Hamilton, they were like a contender. People don't realize that. But after the torn meniscus, you know, Jordan has to sit out the rest of the year. And with him out, I mean, the Wizards completely shit the bed. But with Richard Hamilton in the lineup and Jordan, they were only allowing teams to score 86 points per game, which is by far the best defense in the league. So with Richard Hamilton and Jordan in the lineup, they're actually the best defensive team in the league. Can I throw something at you real interesting? Yeah. I just pulled up the last two years of him playing in Washington, and I did um, game log summaries. Points, 30 to 39 points a game. He did it 11 times. He did 40 to 49 points four times, and he had a 50-point game. He also had had, um, one to two steals 37 times, three to four steals eight times, and he had one five-steal game. Then you go to the next the next season. The next season he has six 30 to 39 point games, three 40 to 49 point games. He has um, one to two steals 46 times, three to four steals 13 times, five steal game two times. Um, he's five to nine assists 24 times, 10 to 14 rebounds 12 times, five to nine rebounds 44 times. I mean, that's a guy that obviously is is playing top-notch basketball, even what you were saying with, with what he was going through. It's amazing. Yeah, and after he gets hurt, this is how important he was to that team. Once he's hurt, they go 11-35, and 35 and they, they end up finishing 19th in the league in defense after being first with him and Rip Hamilton in the lineup, third at one point, and then without him, they go 19th in defense in 11-35, and they miss the playoffs when they were on pace to be a number one seed. So, look, Michael brought a lot to that team. Um, and, again, he joined a team that was third worst in the league the year before and second worst in defense the year before. And with him being the only significant addition at age 38, that says a lot to me. Um, I don't see LeBron having that big of an impact on a team with him being the only significant addition. And this is a 38-year-old Jordan that we're talking about. And uh, just to throw it out there, uh, Michael Jordan's not only the only player to score 50 in three three different decades, he's also the only player to score 40 in three different decades. Wow. So uh, he's the only one to do that. uh, Before we move on, I have a fun game I want to play with you guys. Um, A lot of people say Michael Jordan couldn't compete in this era. his stat line was 23 points, 5.7 rebounds, five assists with the Wizards, shooting 42% from the field, one, uh, 1.4 steals. Um, check out this stat line. 21.9 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, 44% from, from the field. Who do you guys think that is in today's NBA at Ooh. age 27? God. Uh, I Read it again. What were the stats? 21.9 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, 44% from the field. 
Paul George. PG. <laughs> Paul George, age 27. Uh, check this out. 23 points, 3.9 rebounds, five assists, one steal, 44% from the field. 28-year-old DeMar DeRozan on the Raptors. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, but- Jimmy Butler, age 28, 22 points, five rebounds, 4.9 assists, 1.8 steals, 47% from the field. Jimmy Butler, age 28. Uh, let- let's do this one just for shits and giggles. 22 points, three rebounds, 5.6 assists, 1.1 steals, 43% from the field. That's Kemba Walker, age 27, on the Hornets. Hey, and do you think – also, putting Jordan in this era of defense, like where you can't even fucking breathe on the guy, there's no hand checking. Who's stopping Jordan? Yeah, no, exactly. And look, so my point with this, Jordan's averaging just as much points, just as much rebounds, and almost more assists than all of those guys at age 38, mm-hmm. shooting a similar field goal percentage. Now, let's compare guys that are like similar in age. Carmelo Anthony. Averaging 16 points, five rebounds, shooting 40% from the field, age 33. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki at age 39, 14 points, six rebounds, shooting 44%. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Vince Carter, five points. DC in that. Yeah, averaging five points, 33% from the field, two rebounds. We're talking about Michael Jordan at age 38. He would be relevant in today's NBA, maybe better because back then the game was played a lot slower at a lot slower pace. You put him in today's NBA, people don't think he could play. That's age 38, Jordan. Imagine what 26, 28-year-old Michael Jordan would be doing. You know what, he, you know what Torching he's doing? Cats. You know what he's doing? He's bringing the mid-range back. Yeah. He's bringing the mid-range game back, which, which, which NBA players have no fucking idea how to defend nowadays. Right. He's killing – if he's if you put if you give me a twenty six year old Jordan in this league, honestly, forty points a game. I'll take a thirty eight year old Jordan, honestly, in yeah. today's league. So I just want to throw that out there for a thirty eight year old Jordan against some of our current stars in their primes. You know, right into that twenty age twenty seven twenty eight range, just so people could understand what Michael Jordan was doing at age thirty eight to see how great he truly was. And I think, like, in today's um, era, everybody wants things now because, like, social media, like, we're connected to our phones. We want things now. It's like we want to see the next Michael Jordan now. We want to see the next greatest baseball player now. Like, we just can't wait for, you know, the next best thing. And also, you know, loyalty isn't really a thing as it was back then. Like guys staying with one team, the Jordans, the Kobe's, the Reggie's. So today it's like, it's almost okay to lose. It's almost okay to take the easy way out. Back in those days, you couldn't do that. Nope. So hey, real, it, it, it's a different era. Real quick, um, I want to plug the Not In My House um, Twitter page. Uh, we put up a really cool um, video of some of Jordan's just – excellent fadeaway shots and just how smooth he was it's a real good eye-opener to realize just how much control he had over his body when it came to just getting guys off balance and just just hitting that that fadeaway jump shot which is another one of the things that kobe perfected from jordan it's an un it's it's an unblockable unguardable shot and and jordan got an enormous amount of his points 
from 91, 92 on from that, that actual shot. It was kind of like your skyhook, but it was amazing to see. And I just want to throw that in there because we're pretty interactive on social media. So if you're enjoying the pods, definitely hop on our social media pages. Do you have anything else to add with Jordan, Zach, for this podcast? I don't think I need to add anything else. Um, it's just the, it, the comparison is crazy to me. It's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. And for me, I'm going to just kind of repeat what I'm looking at for greatest of all time. For greatest of all time, I want to see who had the biggest impact on the game of basketball, and that's Michael Jordan. I mean, he did it worldwide without social media. He's every person's dream as far as like a storybook legacy. I'm a I'm a I'm a coach, and every single time I have to cut kids for the team, I always bring up the Michael Jordan story, and that's the story of uh, you know getting cut, facing the adversity, coming back the next year, and just being that guy. And he took that same attitude with him for the rest of his life. And he's the perfect example of what you want to be the best you can be. And I just don't think even if LeBron ends up being the more talented player, which I don't think he is, I still don't think you can put him ahead of Michael Jordan just because of how much he meant to the game of basketball and to people. And he's bigger than basketball. He really is. He's far bigger than basketball. I completely agree. We're going to do this now. We're getting into our last segment of the show which we're doing our top 10 NBA players of all time because we got into this discussion. We thought it'd be a really good way to kind of, you know, see where everybody's top 10 is. We see a lot of top 10s online. A lot of them make us laugh, which I can't believe some of them. Um, I might read one or two towards the end of our, uh, end of our pod today, but we're going to do this in order of how we're looking. So on our screens from zoom, I know Zoom's getting a bad rap, but they've been great to us. I'm going to go first. Zach's going to go second. Wiley's going to go third. Leo's going to go fourth. That's how we're doing this. We're going to go from 10 to 1, um, and we're going to do one at a time. So my, my top 10, um, Zach kind of, kind of changed my mind on 10. I had, um, I had Olajuwon at 10, but I changed my mind, and I put Shaq at 10. I got Shaq at 10, um, dominant player. His numbers were insane. Um, I would have liked to seen him better at the foul line. That's why I liked Olajuwon, and I would have liked to seen him have kind of a, a 12, 15-foot jump shot if possible, but, but he was so dominant. He goes in my 10. Zach, who's your number 10? I also have Shaq there. He, just, he was unstoppable. They have the, the hack-a-shack rule. Uh, so, I mean, if you, when you're that dominant, you have the rules named after you, and you lead three different teams to the finals winning – a title at the Heat, three at the Lakers. He's got to be my top ten. Uh, Wiley, number ten. Yeah, real quick, I'm just going to preface my top ten. Um, I didn't do, like, all, all time. I did people in my era, people that I've watched. I haven't really watched a lot of, like, Jerry West or Wilt Chamberlain, some of those guys. So those guys aren't on my list. But um, So just, just throw that out there. But cool. coming in at number ten, um, I'm going to put down Carl Malone, the mailman. Um, average put up 25 points, 10 rebounds for his entire career. Um, I mean, that dude was just solid with the, with the jazz. Um, I mean, coming in close was John Stockton on my list too. Um, like I said, I love point guards and I I think those two good backcourt. I mean, they they were great. I mean, um, Stockton wasn't the greatest scorer, but Carl Malone right there. I mean, his numbers put it 25 points per game, 10 rebounds, um, for his entire career. So. Good choice. Um, I'm before we go to Leo. I'm excited for your top ten, Leo. Leo always brings the magic for the top tens. 
Leo, top 10. Who's number 10 for you? I'm uh, taking a similar approach to Wiley. I went with um, the players that I got to watch and really enjoyed watching and um, that were, you know, memorable to me and influential to the basketball that I've been able to witness. So at 10, I've got Dirk Nowitzki. Um, love, love, love watching that guy shoot the basketball. Um, unbelievable shooter. The, the turnaround fadeaway jumper, unblockable. Um, and on top of that, a highly underrated shit talker. Um, he's, he's, uh, he's known for dropping the line. Uh, oh, you better learn Chinese. He's going to be in China next year. <laughs> that to me is an all time shit talking line. So I got dirty 10. Uh, number nine, I took Kobe at nine. Um, I don't see how he doesn't make the top 10 personally. I don't think he's high up on the top 10, but I, I can't see him not making the top 10. So that's where I threw Kobe at. I mean, we don't need to talk about him other than how great he was. And I, I feel like he was definitely number two in terms of that killer instinct behind Jordan. Kobe's my number nine. Kobe's also my number nine. I think if you're going to compare anybody to Michael Jordan, it is Kobe. They just have similar mechanics. He modeled his game after Jordan. I think the more appropriate comparison would be between who's better would be Kobe and LeBron. That's a more appropriate comparison instead of this LeBron-Jordan shit. Great, great call, great call. Um, all right, so Wiley, you're number nine. Coming in number nine, I got the big fundamental, uh, Tim Duncan. Um, I mean, average double-double for his career. And, uh, I mean, led, led the Spurs to five championships. Love that guy. So he's uh, my number nine. Excellent. Why? Um, sorry, uh, Leo, you're number nine. Uh, so my number nine is white chocolate Jason Williams. Oh. <laughs> I, I brought him up a lot, and that's because um, I got to watch him play a lot, uh, you know, when he was young with the Kings. got to watch him fucking take it to my Warriors. Um, and, you know, that guy's handles and passing just so unbelievable and, you know, just human highlight reel type guy. And he pulled a move that I'm not sure I've ever seen anybody pull anything like. Uh, and you know, I don't know, Zeke, you're good with your handles and stuff. So tell me if you've seen anything like this. He went sham God between the legs behind the back dime to the post. <laughs> I'm not joking. I was, I watched the no, highlight like I, four times when I found it. I know exactly who you're talking about. And he's the first, that was the first guy I saw do it. And I tried doing it in my driveway for like two hours after that. Dude, it was butter smooth, too. The sham god went right between the legs and then, like, somehow bounced behind the back. Oh, man. I, I can't tell you, like, how impressed I was with that play. So, Samantha hit number nine for me. Unbelievable control of the basketball. And, and bonus points for playing with Randy Moss in high school. Um, moving on, number, uh, number eight. And they also played football together, I believe, too. Um, number eight is Tim Duncan for me. It's right behind Kobe Wiley for me. Um, I think the one thing that hurt Tim Duncan personally is having no personality. And I know that sounds dumb, but I think if he would have been a little more of a personality, I think um, he might be higher up on people's lists. I think people forget about him because of that, but his numbers and his rings, um, he's a guy you can't forget about. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a really interesting player because he really should have been a center, but played a power forward position in a lot of, People in that time period started doing that when I think that was our decline in the center position in the NBA, where there was guys that were definitely centers, but they were playing power forward. And that reminds me of Tim Duncan. I had to put him in my top 10. 
um, and I'd put him at number eight. Um, Zach, who do you got at eight? Ours are very similar. We're still on track. I also have Duncan at number eight, and I agree with you. I think just him kind of being boring in a way might have hurt his legacy just a little bit because I think fans want to be interactive with the players, and he just wasn't that. Uh, but at the same time, that's what made him so great. He got he got the job done every time. He was very consistent, probably the most consistent player we've ever seen. And I wish I could put him higher. I just can't. But he is my number eight. Nice. Uh, Wiley. Who's your eight? Well, uh, number eight coming in as Mr. Personality. I'm taking Shaquille O'Neal. Nice. Um, truly dominant as a center. Um, I mean, just when he came in with Orlando and going to the Lakers, uh, I mean, you can't deny Shaq's, you know, ability to, to play basketball. So he's my number eight. Do you think, real quick before I swing into the Leo, do you think his lack of conditioning really hurt him in terms of being higher up on the list? I mean, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, he's just such a big guy. And, um, I mean, seeing him in uh, in blue chips <laughs> and, like, just his skinny frame, like, if he was able to maintain that throughout his career. And, I mean, because once he got with the Lakers and a little bit farther on, you know, playing with the Heat and stuff, he was a little bit bigger. So, uh, I think if he could have stayed in pretty good shape and, um, uh, I mean, he would have done – I think he would have done a lot better. But, I mean, regardless – he was absolutely dominant. So I, I think him and Barkley were the two guys that they would have kept their, kept up their 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 figure. They would have had bigger careers. Leo, who do you have a number eight, sir? Uh, my number eight is the answer. AI Allen Iverson. Um, I love 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 me some Allen Iverson because as as I mentioned, I'm a big fan of the handles and uh, anybody who can just you know break down the defender. And I don't think that we've seen too many players that were just as explosive and tough as Allen Iverson was. You know, he's an undersized guy, always going into the trees and, you know, making those tough layoffs. Had, had some sweet dunks early in his career before the legs started getting tired. But, you know, always just a stone-cold killer, you know, blood, ice-cold veins. And, you know, there, there weren't many that, that did it like Allen Iverson. So I got him in number eight. Especially at his size and his weight, I think he was. I don't think I don't think he was six foot personally, and he weighed about one sixty five most of his career, which is pretty insane to think you're weighing that little and doing what you're doing in the NBA level. I mean, it's pretty pretty nuts. Um, number seven for me, um, I got our guy we talked about earlier. I got LeBron at seven. Um, can't put him any higher yet. And to be honest with you, looking at my my six, you know, after that. I don't know where I'd put him higher personally. Um, Zach, who's your seven? I have Wilt Chamberlain at seven. Uh, you know, I've, it seems crazy to have somebody who is probably the greatest athlete that we've ever seen in our game and probably with the most dominant force ever in our game to be at number seven. But to only have, you know, a title after all those years of being so dominant and having all the horror stories of him getting his coaches fired, switching teams a few times, not being able to win with all the Hall of Famers. I know Russell kind of ruined legacies, and we have lowered people in the rankings because they couldn't beat Jordan in their legacies. So I got to do the same thing to Wilt, and he's my number seven. Nice. Wiley, who's your seven? All right, coming in at number seven, Warriors all day. I got Steph Curry, uh, of course. He's in my top ten. Hands down, I think he has changed the, the game. I mean, 
this is an 80s, you know, <laughs> Malice in the Palace bullshit, you know, 90s shit. Um, I mean, we're playing in a different era, but um, Steph Curry, you know, uh, three, three NBA finals, two MVPs, one of those unanimous, um, breaking the all-time leading uh, three-pointers. Um, I, I got to hand it to my man, Steph. He should be higher on my list, but there were some other people that I felt a little bit higher, but coming in at number, uh, number seven, I got Steph Curry. Cha-ching! My guy, uh, Leo. Leo, who you got at seven? Uh, my number seven, I got, again, an all-timer with the shit doc department. We got the glove, Gary Payton. Oh! Um, I, I love, love, love Gary Payton because, I mean, I'm a big fan of watching a good defender. I think uh, anytime you got good defense on the floor, that's – I'm watching that almost as much or more than I'm watching, you know, the ball skills or anything like that. I love good defense. And Gary Payton's one of the best of all time in, in that department. And on top of that, like, just a legendary shit talker. You know, the, the man had no bounds and just broke people down. And on top of that, like, if there wasn't anybody to talk shit to, he would talk shit to the fucking air. <laughs> Did you guys see that in the in the Dream Team highlights? He would uh, yeah. just stand there talking shit to the air, just practicing. You know, it was an art for him. He was he was practicing that just as much as he was practicing his jump shot or his handles. You know, it was great. So I love me some glove. That's amazing. Uh, number six, I got Wilt Chamberlain at six. Um, you know, it's one that he's one he's one guy. I obviously, did not see play. Um, but his numbers are just insane, 100-point game. I mean, there was one year he just was like, I'm just going to lead the league in assists. Um, his rebounding numbers is insane. His points are insane. The only thing that I hold up against Will by putting him higher up on the list is really who was he doing it against? Because early in his career, there wasn't a lot, a lot of big, big, talented guys. And he was a legit 7-3. So that, that's the only problem I have with putting Will – further along the list not his fault that he couldn't play against better competition and i think russell just owned him in terms of rings so i i, I six is where i put him where do you have uh what do you have number six zach i have lebron at number six and you know he's still climbing for me i'm not sure if i can if i'm gonna end up putting him any higher but it's going to be interesting if he wins a title with the lakers or an mvp he'll be the first player ever to lead three different teams to an NBA championship and get an MVP with three different teams. So at the same time, as much as we bag on his legacy, it's almost kind of a really impressive one if he can accomplish one of those things. So he's still climbing to me, but right now he's my number six. Um, but I just can't put him any higher right now. Uh, Wiley, who's your six? I'm at number six. I've got Leo had him down on the list, but the the answer with the crossover, Allen Iverson. Um, I mean, one of my favorite all time players. Just exhilarating to watch. I mean, um, coming up with different moves, just watching this crossover, watching him play for uh, for Georgetown when he was in college. I mean, I love the guy. Um, probably the the quickest player I would say in the NBA when he was in the NBA. So. Um, Allen, Iver or Allen Iverson. I like six. that. Like that. Good points there. Leo, number six. Um, I'm going with uh, one of Zeke's boys here. I got Paul Pierce at number six. Uh -huh. I love me some Paul Pierce because, uh, as I detailed in previous podcasts, like 
I'm not sure there's a competitor alive that can do the things that, that he did, man. And like talking about dude getting stabbed a whole bunch of times, like right before a season starts and goes out and, and has an all-star type season, you know? And on top of that, that's just, you know, that was early in his career. The guy went on to have an unbelievable career, hit so many big shots. And one of the things I really like about Paul Pierce is he bounced around a little bit at the end of his career there but there wasn't a single team that he played for that he didn't have like a big time memorable moment for, which is impressive to me. It means, you know, even in the later stages of his career, he's bringing something big to the teams that he's playing for. And, you know, whether you're just a fan of Paul Pierce on the Celtics or like you're a Brooklyn Nets fan, you can say you have memorable uh, moments with Paul Pierce. Oh, on top of that, also, you know, an incredible talker of shit. The Al Harrington <laughs> moment, you know, everybody likes that one. But oh, apparently yeah. there was another one where he was, uh, he, he had Bron Bron and said something to the effect of how are you going to try to guard me when you got my poster on your wall and then oh, just nice. pulled up in his face and drained it. So, nice. you know, love, love the shit talk as well. Well, you know, it's funny. You're reading our minds because we will definitely have a top 10 uh, trash talk pod soon. Me and Zach have been talking about doing one of those. So Leo, that you'll be great on that one. Oh my God. That, that is your bread. That is your bread and butter. Leo. My wheelhouse, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, I got Larry legend. Um, Larry bird was just, he was amazing. I mean, he was, he was, a, he was a guy, he was a guy that you would see. Like if you were picking teams in a park, for a pickup basketball game, he would not be a guy you would pick. Maybe you might not even pick him. I mean, other than he was tall, he didn't look the basketball part, but dude, he would just straight up kill you. He was a great, great trash talker. Oh my God. We're going to have fun on that episode <laughs> talking about the trash talk. I mean, he, this guy would say, I'm going to put the ball's coming to me. It's coming over here. I'm going to fall into your trainer's lap, hit the game winner. And he would do it. I mean, who the hell does that? I mean, unbelievable. Um, great passer for a big man. Um, great rebounds, great assists. Uh, not really a dunker. Most of his points really did not come from three-point range. Um, so he earned all his points inside, which is, which is really impressive. Um, he's got the hardware also. Bird's my five. Um, Zach, who do you got at five? It's hard for me to pick one over the other. I have, honestly, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson at 4A, 4B. I don't have a 5. I have 4A, 4B because you can't mention one, one, one of their names without mentioning the other within five or, five or six seconds. They've been connected to each other since college when they went on that NCAA Final Four run. To me, personally, uh, Larry Bird always had less to work with. That Indiana State team really didn't have shit. And they went all the way to the final game and gave Michigan State Spartans. I had a couple NBA players and Magic and Greg Kelser a fight. And then even with the Celtics, I'm not convinced that Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, and those guys are Hall of Famers if Larry Bird's not on that team. I think Larry Bird truly made those guys all-stars. I, I really believe that. So 4A, 4B, I, I can't pick one over the other. Okay, you have a gun to your head. Who do you pick at five? Larry Bird, just okay. because you can give him the ball in the last five seconds if it's close, and he will make the shot. And also, their games are similar. Magic is more athletic, but Larry Bird turned a franchise around that had the worst record in the league into title contenders within one year. 
to me that speaks volumes. I like bird. So wait, no, but so wait, so you like bird at five instead of magic at five? No, I, I like, I would pick Larry bird over magic Johnson. If it were me, I guess everything is pointing towards magic. Okay. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, Wiley, who do you got at five? Number five, I got Kobe Bryant. Um, he rounds out my top five, uh, just because, you know, his dominance, um, his dedication, his heart. I mean, Kobe was a dog. He always was trying to score, was trying to play defense, trying to do everything. So, um, coming in at number five, Kobe Bryant, RIP. Okay. <laughs> uh, Leo, who's your five? Uh, my number five is B. Diddy, Baron Davis. Um, <laughs> I love B. Diddy. He's responsible for so many of my favorite memories in basketball. You know, because like that was a at a time where I was like really kind of latching on to you know figures in sports as I was getting a better grasp of like who they were and what was going on in the game and stuff. So at that time in my life, for basketball at least, um, he he was so influential. Um, you know, he's part of the We Believe Warriors team, that incredible team in the uh, 06, 07 team. Um, he's uh, responsible for my favorite in-game dunk that I've ever seen, uh, you know, which had a sweet lead-up as well with some sweet trash talk involved. So, I mean, if you're not unfamiliar, B. Diddy's playing against the Jazz, AK-47's down low, goes up, hits a sweet acrobatic layup, um, you know, to beat uh, AK-47. And Karolinko comes back to him and he's saying, you know, hey, you're just going to keep coming with these weak layups all day or what? And next time down the court, B. Diddy gets the ball and just takes it to him. I know you guys are familiar with that dunk. Yeah. But for those of you who haven't, go find that. It's maybe my favorite basketball memory ever. It's just as a single moment, so sick. That dunk actually got me fired from my first job. <laughs> really? Please tell me how. Yeah. I was wa- yeah, as a – I was a busser at a restaurant and that game was on the screen and while I'm busting at the table, that dunk happened. And I was like, Oh no fucking way. Just like hella loud. <laughs> and uh, I, I already put in my two weeks, but my manager's like, you, you can take off. You don't have to come back again. That's amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. Also a big reason why so I B, love B. Diddy got me fired. <laughs> yep. Good. Good. I'm glad he got you fired. That's another reason why he's on my top five. Um, but the final reason he's in my top five, uh, he's a big influence to me in my pickup basketball game. Uh, the three of you guys know I'm a big fan of the behind the back pass, and he made that shit look pretty. That's so good. Wow, this is such a great episode. Um, number four, I got Magic. Um, those, those, those Celtic Lakers series that I got to watch as a kid were just amazing. Magic with the big smile, Showtime Lakers watching a 6'9 guy run the, run the floor, like you said, Leo, behind-the-back passes, no-look passes, I mean, post-up, outside game. Um, you know, the, the HIV thing killed his career, and he still comes back and plays a couple more years after that. Um, he's an amazing ambassador of a game, like, like Zach said. You know, Bird and, Bird and uh, Magic were definitely the torch holders until Jordan came into the league. Um, I remember the Converse sneakers, you know, both those guys having those sneakers and like, like, you know, like Zach said, they, you know, they came into lead together, college together, um, just, you know, talk shows together, you know, I've seen them on Arsenio and Oprah and, you know, just, you know, great basketball, great leader, um, got the hardware. He's, he's my four. Um, Zach, you have 
4A and 4B, so should we skip you and go right to Wiley then? or? Yeah, absolutely skip let's me. Let's do that. So, Wiley, you're number four? I got Larry Bird, number four. Um, just love the guy. I mean, he did everything on the court. Um, did a, I think he comes to my number four because he just did it with a little bit of swag. Uh, really loved really loved watching him play, um, you know, for the last part of his career. So, I got Larry Bird at number four. Good choice. Uh, Leo, who's your number four? Uh, my number four has been mentioned already. Uh, my man Wiley already brought him up. Steph Curry's my number four. Um, he's my number four because, I mean, he's been the centerpiece on the championship teams, man. He, he's an entertaining player. Every time he's on the floor, you, you you know, never know how many shots he's going to knock down or how deep he's going with it or, you know, he's got the, the main handle too. But um, on top of that, he, I think, is a big reason why uh, you have the conversation of the Brown Brown MJ, who's the best? Because you, you, to me, that goes MJ changed the game forever. Brown Brown came in and tried to change the game as well, but then right after that, Steph Curry changed the game. Changed so I think he's game. a big, big reason why you can't have that conversation as much. And you know, truly an unbelievable player. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Davidson, for turning that dude out and all those other teams that didn't pick him ahead. He slipped a seven. Believe that shit. We should talk about that and drop us. Hey, um, Zach. Yeah. You see what happens when we invite warrior fans on for our top 10 list. <laughs> I do. I do. Leo, we got was that not a valid point? Oh my yeah, God. no, Leo, we got to hijack the podcast one of these days. Just do a whole warrior segment. Like I'm in. Warriors. I'm in. We'll, we'll, we'll bring Gunner in for that one too. Um, <laughs> number three. I got um, Kareem, and the reason why I got Kareem is the guy, you know, all-time leading scorer. Um, he had the sky hook, which was unblockable to the point that Magic learned a baby sky hook. Um, he's a guy that reminds me of Tim Duncan. He wasn't really a vocal guy. Um, had a great career in Milwaukee, which a lot of people forget to talk about. Um, just a dominant center. Dominant big man. Um, I I had to put him, I had to put him above Wilt, um, but I couldn't put him over my number two. So I got Kareem at number three. Zach, who do you got at three? I have Lou Alcindor, not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, because he's better as Lou Alcindor. Ooh, um, nice, nice. <laughs> Lou, Lou Alcindor is my number, my number three. Uh, just everything he did in college, they had to change the college rule, no dunking because of him. He won that title in Milwaukee with Oscar, then went on to L.A. after he changed his name to win with Magic. Uh, I don't know. He's, got, he's just got way – he's the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He's got too many accolades for him to be any lower than three for me. And honestly, three might be a little bit low. Great, great choice. Uh, Wiley, who's three? I'm going to go with you, Eric. I'm going to go with Kareem. Um, just, you know – watching some of his stuff towards the end and, you know, that, that beautiful little sky hook he had. I got, I got Kareem at three. Nice. Uh, Leo, who's three? Okay, so my number three, I've got Michael Jordan. Um, oh, my I, God. <laughs> hey, this, I told you, I was, I was oh going God. for my personal favorite. Jeez, oh I was going for my personal favorite. Now, I still think Michael Jordan is the greatest player to ever play the game of basketball, and Thank it's going to be tough to ever take that throne from him. Right. But I have him at number three because uh, I'll get into those two other players later. But let's let's talk about this. He changed the game. He's an unbelievable teammate to to bring up all all the players that he played with as well as much as he did. 
Um, the, we talked about the indomitable will that that guy had. And, you know, we got lucky to grow up in an era where we had unbelievable sports icons like Michael Jordan, like Ken Griffey Jr. And like Wayne Gretzky. Like these are, these are things that were, we got a front row seat to that, you know, we'll seldom see in the future. I mean, obviously we're getting something similar with LeBron, um, Mike Trout, you know, Sidney Crosby, uh, Tom Brady, we're getting greatness, but you don't, you don't think of them, at least I don't think of them as much as icons as of, of people like Michael Jordan and Ken Griffey Jr. So I, I love Michael Jordan for the impact that he had on the sport. So I got him at my, my three. Um, my number two, and I'm going to pass this to Zach because I know he's got the same number two without even knowing his number two. Um, Bill Russell's my number two. And I'm passing it to Zach because he's a humongous Celtics fan. He's going to do it more justice. Um, for the size that Bill Russell was, which I believe was, what, 6'8", is that correct, Zach? 6'9". I mean, it's a generous 6'9". I think he's more 6'8"-ish. Right. To put up the numbers that guy did at 6'8", is very Barkley-esque. I mean, way better than Barkley. But, like, you know, going up against 7'3", Will, and nine championships, is that correct, Zach? Oh, no. Come on. He's got 11. 11, excuse me. See? Even better. Yeah. So, Zach, take it away because I know your number two is Russell too, right? Yeah, I, I love Bill Russell. And he's the only player to win a title in college, the NBA, and have a gold medal. So, he has all three. And all the dude did was win at every single level. He also won as a coach. People forget that he was a player coach of a few of those Celtics teams. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, so, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Bill Russell was a player coach. No, before that. Before that. He's the only only player – he's one of seven players to win a a NBA title, an NCAA title, and and a gold medal. Yeah, because I was going to say Jordan did that too. Yeah. Yeah, he's got all three. He's one of seven. But uh, he also won as a coach and a player coach, and he's the only player to do all four. Nice. So, to me – he, all he did was win. He's 11 and 13 for NBA titles. I mean, how do you say no to that? Um, he's, he's the ultimate winner, man. And I don't know what else you really have to do in order to prove how great you are. A lot of people say that he just won on those Celtics teams because he had talent around him. But then when you talk about the other players, they say that they only won because they had a Russell. So it's like, which one is it? Right. And so to me, take the Celtics out of it. He's got the gold medal, and he won a national championship at the University of San Francisco. Yep. San, yeah. It's San Francisco. Tell me what they've done since. Uh, not much unless it's baseball. Uh, Hell yeah. Number, number two, Wiley, who do you got? Uh, I got Magic Johnson at two. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm partial to point guards. Uh, I, love, I love watching Magic, you know, back in the day. And um, – you know, I think his competitive, his, his competitiveness, his leadership, um, just just made him an overall player, and I really enjoyed watching him. So, Magic Johnson too. Uh, who do you got at number two, Leo? I got the Diesel Shaq Daddy. Um, I, on the court, like that guy did shit that you you're never gonna see again. I don't think. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we'll ever see a player like that big, that skilled, that athletic, you know, when he was in his prime, but as Wiley detailed, you know, and Eric brought up the conditioning did hurt him in the end, but like 
when he burst onto the scene, you know, LSU, Magic Days, like, dude was just ripping backboards out of the ground and you know, he's an unstoppable force on the court. Like, nobody could match up with him. He was a nightmare. And, you know, on top of being a dominant player, had an incredibly entertaining off-the-court career. We're talking about making rap albums, Kazam, um, you know, getting into Tiger King if you're into that kind of shit. Dance to some some Jabberwockies. Yup. The guy is an icon, so I absolutely love Shaq Daddy. All right, so we're going to make this last one very easy, um, except for Leo. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make the assumption that three out of four of us have the number one is Jordan. Am I correct? Yes. Okay, and I'm correct, right, Zach? You got Jordan number one too, right? Yes. Okay, so we're gonna skip the three of us talking about Jordan because we did have we talked about Jordan half the episode. Leo, I can't wait to hear your number one. Your number one player of all time is so my number one player of all time is Ricky Davis. Now let me ask you. Now let me ask you. Have you ever seen anything more shocking than his triple double off his own backboard? Like have have you ever seen something more unique, more actually uh, just yeah, that you didn't expect? Like who actually was, yeah, you you picking Ricky Davis at one. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Oh man, I love Love, love Ricky Davis. And, you know, if, if you guys have out there have listened to any of the podcasts I've been on before, I probably bought a Ricky Davis every time because I, I truly have never seen anything more unbelievable in sports. And on top of that, like, he's responsible for some of my other favorite memories that were brought up in other pods. So um, I won't harp too much more on Ricky Davis. Just, you know, if you haven't given him a chance, Please do go watch some highlights. Do he's some he's still playing, isn't he? Isn't he in the big? Three? He's in the big three. Yeah. Like he's still playing. I hope he's in the house. I hope See, he's in the house. Leo, that's the thing. Everyone's given him a chance, and he's fucked it up everywhere he's gone. <laughs> you know, you know what? Yeah, by your standards. You know what the best part is? We're gonna get Ricky Davis on a pod just because of Leo. Oh my god, I hope so. <laughs> if, if, if we have, if we have that happen, if we can make that happen, oh man, that's a dream. Oh, you don't think you don't think we're hashtagging hashtagging Ricky Davis on this on this pod? Please, please right, do. So we're this pod's been amazing. I've had so much fun, dude. Wiley, it's nice to have you back in the house. Um, Leo's bringing the magic. But check it out. Before we get out of here, I want to read a top ten list. Now, you guys explain like what you said and there's guys you didn't get to see that are on this list. So I respect both of your opinions on who you thought, even though some of them are a little suspect. Here is the list that I sent Zach on why we decided, fuck it, we're doing a top 10. This guy named E, I don't, I don't know if it's from full court, whatever the hell that is. His top 10 is Bird at 10, Duncan at 9, Durant at 8, Shaq at 7, Magic at 6, Cream at 5, Curry at 4, Jordan at 3, Kobe at 2, and LeBron at 1. Wait, Curry at four? Yes. The Ricky Davis at one sounds realistic now. I mean, this guy's not far off. I had Curry at four at least, but uh, the rest of his list, yeah, I agree with Eric. Suspect for sure. In, in all seriousness, I could see Curry at 10 eventually. I, I could see that. Yes, I could too, but not at four. Here's another one. The other guy, Will, has Bird at 10, Duncan at nine, Bill Russell at eight. Will to seven, Shaq at six, Kobe at five, Magic at four, Kareem at three, Jordan at two, and LeBron at one. And those were just things where, like, we have to do a top ten. This is ridiculous. Like, just sounds like a Lakers fan, and then he just 
a dick or LeBron James dick rider. Get that guy out of here. I don't know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> if if you have Larry Bird any lower than seven, I'm I'm claiming racism. <laughs> like I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna pull the white card. I'm pulling the white card. Kind of this white guy. <laughs> here's here's another interesting one that that cracks me up. So this guy Arbin, I don't know who he is. He's the third guy of this thing that I saw on on Twitter the other day. Okay, I don't know if I should really read it from one to ten or ten to one. Let's really let's go one to ten on this guy. He's got Jordan one, LeBron two, Magic three, Kareem four. Kobe five, Shaq six, Elgin Baylor seven, Akeem Olajuwon eight, Durant nine, and Curry ten. Sounds no like bird. somebody got pretty fucked up and made a list. Isn't that hysterical? No bird. That's what I do. No bird. <laughs> no, no Bill Russell. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's so it's so ridiculous. Um, Self decatur. Yeah, pretty much right there, wouldn't you think? But I'm curious, like, how people, like, I mean, Leo and I kind of based, I mean, we said our preface to why we have our list. Like, maybe Eric, you and you and Zach could tell us real quick, like, what, what made your list? Like, was it stats? Was it numbers? Was it people you watched growing up? Was it, like, what made it for you? Because I think everybody has an individual list of, you know, what made their top 10 their top 10. For what, me, was it was everything. It was everything, like, that you just said all in one. You know, it didn't, it didn't matter if I saw the player or not. I've seen enough YouTube and, and stuff and old films, you know, and, and documentaries and stuff to know. Um, and then, yeah, comparing stats a little bit, I like to do that. Um, I like to think about big games that I saw with certain people. Um, there's a lot to how I made my list. And, and a top 10 is tough because, yeah, you got a guy like Curry that could probably crack that top 10. You got a guy like Durant that might be able to crack that top 10. But we don't know yet because hardware is a big thing for me. Um, there's a lot of things. It's, it's, you know, a guy like Barkley, you know, if he stays in shape maybe, and he wins a title or two, maybe he cracks my top ten. Maybe Carmelo does too. Um, but it's all those things together. Zach, what do you think? Uh, for me, it's much beyond stats. It's what kind of imprint did you have on the game of basketball? Like what did you do to change it? Like what kind of inspiration or influence did you have on the game? And to me, you look at Michael Jordan, we already talked about that obvious. Uh, guys like Wilt changed the rules of the game, all-time leading scorer, you know. Uh, also, Bird Magic, everything they did. Like, they saved the NBA with the whole Celtics-Lakers rivalry. They saved college basketball. They're the reason we have March Madness. Um, also, I mean, guys like Wilt, all the records he did. I mean, he made basketball in the 60s exciting. He's bigger than basketball at the movies. Same as Shaq. Uh, he was some, someone that we've never seen change rules because of him. Uh, Kobe, all, closest thing we saw to Jordan in a way, he kind of saved the post-Jordan era because he's the next closest thing. And also, like, even a Bill Russell. Nobody talks about what he's done. But like I said, he won titles at every single level. He's the ultimate winner. But he also broke racial barriers. Like, do we forget about that? Uh, I mean, that was kind of a big deal. And at the time, it was so controversial that he wasn't very popular. And I think that really hurts his legacy. And I think that's why he slips in people's top list. But all, all 10 of those guys had such a huge imprint on the game. That, that, that's what makes my top 10. And then I look at stats, accolades, that kind of thing. Nice. Hey, gentlemen, I had a ton of fun. I want to say a couple quick shout outs and give you guys a second to do that. Um, I want to thank Sparks Pizza Baron for being our sponsor and throwing that great deal out. I mean, everybody's hurting right now. 
Um, some people don't have jobs. Some people, you know, bartenders, waitresses, servers, they don't have jobs now, which is, which is unbelievable because of this virus that's, that's really just taken a stranglehold of this country and the world too. So much love to Pizza Baron and Jim over there for, for doing that. Remember the, uh, the question, the uh, trivia question, who is the second most assists of all time in the NBA? Um, send that over to our, um, our Not My House uh, Twitter. Yeah, Zach. Also, a shout out to Ronnie 2K for retweeting us. That was uh, awesome to have Ronnie 2K showing us some, some love. We just recently got love from him, Sharif Abdurrahim, Antoine Walker, Stefan Marbury, Kenny Anderson. Much love to all you guys. Thank you for the support. Man, it's crazy to see what's happening. And just we're, we're only in three months of this podcast, man. It's amazing to see all the good stuff that's happened. I want to thank all of our friends and, and people that follow the show that have given us reviews on iTunes. We appreciate that. And all the mailbag questions today. That was really fun to see all those in, in our inboxes and on our Facebooks, which is amazing. Leo. Uh, shouts to all the local businesses. Uh, for all of us that are quarantined, that are lucky enough to have um, local businesses that are still operational as far as like uh, food and beverage type things, uh, other you know locally mom and pop grocery stores. In this tough time, please support your local places as much as you possibly can. Um, much love to all, all the people in the food and beverage industry that are struggling through this tough time. Um, so that's, I want to shout out to them. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And the nurses and the doctors and everybody that's trying to keep us healthy and safe. Wiley, shout out. As always. No, I just want to shout out to you guys. Thanks for having me back. Sorry for my hiatus. Uh, you know, I was sick for a little bit. Um, had, a, had a dear friend, um, basketball friend that just recently passed away. So dealing with some of that. So I know a lot of people are struggling, but, um, you know, get back to doing things you love. One of the things I love is being with you guys and chatting, being on this podcast. So, um, you know, everybody stay, stay safe, stay healthy, stay up. Absolutely, man. Great work. I mean, absolutely. Guys, we had fun. I just told you that a second ago, but I'm telling you again, I had a great time. Thanks to Zoom to make this possible. We're all, we're all respecting the social distancing because that's the one way we're going to get everything under control. So, we're all in our houses doing this pod. Zoom makes it possible. And honestly, the sound's been pretty damn good the last couple pods doing the Zoom. Uh, for Zach, for Leo, for Wiley, this is Eric. Y'all have a great, safe weekend, man, and enjoy your family. And we will Peace. catch you soon.